This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In today's brief, we'll talk about defense production, spies, and the little radar that couldn't. I'm Linnea, and today is Monday, October 2nd, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Before we get started, yesterday was Defenders Day in Ukraine, a holiday honoring veterans and fallen members of the Ukrainian Armed Forces. From those of us here at the brief, Slava Ukraini, and thank you to the Ukrainian defenders who are restoring the territorial integrity of your amazing country. Continue to be unbreakable. Yulia and Rob are visiting a military hospital in Vinniki, near Lviv. Many thanks to Vika, Elisa, and the Nezkoreni Fund for making it possible. We're raising money to buy pillows for the soldiers in the hospital. If you'd like to contribute, check out the links down in the description. Yulia has also asked me to include a special shout-out to our new Irish friend. We wish you a speedy recovery and many Molotov socks. Next time we see you, we'll bring t-shirts. And now the news from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that Russian losses on Saturday included 11 tanks, 7 armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, 30 artillery systems, 2 multiple launch rocket systems, or MLRS, an anti-aircraft system, 30 unmanned aerial vehicles, called UAVs, or drones, and 470 personnel. Russian equipment had a particularly bad day on Sunday, with losses including 15 tanks, 9 ACVs, 48 whole artillery systems, 3 MLRS, 3 anti-aircraft systems, 18 drones, and 510 personnel. In the southern theater of operations, Ukrainian forces have been conducting shaping operations in the area of Novoprokopivka in Zaporizhia Oblast, and over the weekend amped up the pressure to push Russian forces further south and take the high ground on the northern outskirts of the village. In the Black Sea, chief of the Romanian general staff, General Daniel Petrescu, reported that Russia is jamming communications of ships in Romanian territorial waters, putting them at risk of collisions. Even so, five more cargo ships are taking advantage of the new humanitarian corridor opened to enable export from Ukrainian ports after Russia unilaterally withdrew from the Black Sea Grain Initiative and threatened a de facto blockade. Three cargo vessels left Ukrainian ports on Sunday, loaded up, and heading to the Bosporus. On the home front, the first International Forum of Defense Industries, or DFNC-1, was held in Kyiv on Friday. Jointly organized by the Ministry of Strategic Industries, the Ministry of Defense, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, DFNC-1 hosted 252 companies that produce a range of weapons, military equipment, and defense systems from over 30 countries. According to Minister of Foreign Affairs Dmitry Kuleba, 
quote, An important part of the forum was the creation of the Alliance of Defense Industries, which can be joined by any manufacturer of weapons and military equipment from around the world. End quote. Kuleba noted that by the end of DFNC-1, 38 companies from 19 different countries had joined the alliance. Ukraine reportedly entered into agreements with 20 different foreign partners at the event for the manufacturing of drones, manufacturing and repair of armored vehicles, and ammunition, with formats of cooperation including joint production, technology exchange, and supply of components. Kuleba also noted that several African countries are interested in buying Ukrainian weapons and establishing Ukrainian manufacturing plants within their borders, saying that as a geographic region, Africa is one of Ukrainian defense contractors' top customers. Ukraine has a history of defense production, particularly advanced aircraft engines, and since its independence in 1991 has spent most of its time in the top 20 defense exporting countries occasionally reaching number 11. Russia launched a massive Shahed kamikaze drone attack on the southern regions of Ukraine overnight on September 30th to October 1st. Operational Command South reported that air defenses managed to bring down 20 Shaheds over Venetia Oblast, with some getting through and striking infrastructure in Kalinivka. Six more Shaheds were shot down over Odessa Oblast and four over Mykolaiv Oblast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Speaking of drones, let's talk about the Russian Federation. Russian president-slash-dictator Vladimir Putin has tapped retired Colonel Andrei Sidoy Troshev, former commander and chief of staff of private military company or PMC Wagner Group, to lead Russian volunteer battalions in Ukraine. Troshev fought in the Soviet armed forces in Afghanistan and with the Russian armed forces in the Second Chechen War, and managed Wagner troops during Russia's so-called intervention in Syria. A Ukrainian drone destroyed a Russian Kasta radar station in Kursk Oblast. Fun fact, Russia had boasted that the Kasta radar system could detect stealth aircraft. Detecting drones probably would have been more useful. An anonymous source in Ukraine's security service, or SBU, told Ukrainian media outlet Liga.net that the radar was taken out on the 28th, possibly enabling the strike on the power station in Kursk the following day. The SBU has reportedly established that Russian special forces were involved in bombings of the supply depot in Svatova in Luhansk Oblast back in 2015. According to SBU spokesman Artem Dekhtyarenko, interrogation of a captured so-called Luhansk People's Republic combatant 
resulted in intelligence on the involvement of Russian special operations forces in the attack. Dakhryarenko added, quote, Later, the SBU managed to infiltrate the ranks of the Russian Federation Special Operations Forces through an agent. We eventually received intelligence on the members, structure, and peculiarities of this organization. Our agent helped document many of the group's crimes. Unfortunately, he was killed while performing further tasks. End quote. Governor of Bryansk Oblast Alexander Bogomaz reported that there was a disruption in the power supply due to an alleged attack by Ukraine in the settlement of Pagar. No further information was available at the time of recording. According to the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, the Russian government announced that the semi-annual conscription cycle would start on October 1st, and will reportedly include the illegally annexed Ukrainian territories in Luhansk, Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson oblasts, as well as Crimea. Putin signed a decree on September 29th stating that the Russian military will conscript 130,000 personnel between October and December 2023. For reference, the spring 2023 cycle saw 147,000 new conscripts. The ISW also reported that the Russian Federal Security Service, or FSB, is likely supporting amendments to a Russian state Duma bill that would expand the agency's ability to surveil users of Russian internet, banking, and telecom companies, allowing Russian law enforcement agencies to remotely access and even edit and delete information in databases belonging to Russian private businesses. While the Duma alleges it is proposing the amendments in order to protect the personal data of Russian judges, FSB employees, and police from leaks, it's also likely an attempt to beef up surveillance measures over the population in Russia and the occupied territories of Ukraine. It's unclear how this would affect information security in other countries that utilize the services of those Russian internet, banking, and telecom companies. Deputy head of Russia's Security Council Dmitry Medvedev once again said too much, declaring, quote, the special military operation will continue until Kyiv's Nazi regime is annihilated and historically Russian territories are liberated from the enemy. Victory will be ours. More new territories will become part of Russia. End quote. Quick sidebar to address a few things. First, even Yevgeny Prigozhin, PMC Wagner's former and now deceased leader, debunked the Kremlin narrative about Nazis in Ukraine. Second, it was less than two months ago that Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said that Russia doesn't want more Ukrainian territory, beyond the four oblasts and Crimea that it has already occupied and illegally annexed. Third, the historical territory's claim doesn't really hold water when you're an imperialist nation that has invaded and occupied every single one of your neighbor's sovereign territory. Ukrainska Pravda, citing sources in the Ukrainian intelligence services, reported that Ukrainian forces successfully struck a helicopter base in Sochi and an aircraft factory in Smolensk with drones yesterday. It's unclear what the extent of the damage is at this time. Ukraine's Want to Live Project and Surrender Hotline have apparently been busy. Main Intelligence Directorate spokesperson Andriy Yusov announced in a press conference that a Russian career military officer was recruited as a double agent after contacting the Ukrainian side via the Want to Live project. Starting in June 2023, Russian Lieutenant Danila Alfirov actively cooperated with Ukrainian intelligence and defense forces 
and was able to convince 11 Russian servicemen to surrender and transferred them in multiple batches to the AFU as prisoners of war. Alfyarov was himself extracted by Ukrainian special operation forces when his life was threatened and was safely processed as a prisoner of war. Leaked Russian finance documents suggest that the country's 2024 defense budget will increase by 68% from the 2023 budget to 112 billion US dollars. That's around 6% of the Russian GDP and 30% of total government spending. The UK Ministry of Defense Intelligence remarked on the increase, quote, It is highly likely that Russia can support this level of defense spending through 2024, but only at the expense of the wider economy. These figures suggest that Russia is preparing for multiple further years of fighting in Ukraine. End quote. Last week, Russian Minister of Defense and Pretend General Sergei Shoigu suggested that he was prepared for the war to continue into 2025. In news worldwide, the Romanian Ministry of Defense announced on the 30th that the Army's radar surveillance system had indicated a possible intrusion into their national airspace, with a signal detected on a route to the city of Galati about 20 kilometers from the border with Ukraine. Police and military personnel searched the surrounding area for any fallen objects, but reportedly found nothing of interest. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg urged Western partners to get the necessary weapons to Ukraine as soon as possible in an address during the DFNC-1, saying, quote, Courage alone does not stop drones. Heroism alone cannot intercept missiles. Ukraine needs capabilities, high quality, high quantity, and quickly. There is no defense without industry, end quote. He added that NATO is working to aggregate demand and increase interoperability through its Defense Production Action Plan, since many of Ukraine's allies have drawn down significantly from their own stocks to provide Ukraine with military aid. Dmitry Medvedev threatened Germany in a tirade on Telegram on Sunday. See, the chair of the Defense Committee at the German Bundestag, Marie-Agnes Strzok-Zimmermann, had urged the German government to give Ukraine long-range Taurus missiles, and said that Ukraine has the right to strike targets within Russia. So Medvedev responded, quote, In this case, attacks on German plants where these missiles are made will be entirely within the norms of international law. These idiots really are pushing us towards the Third World War. End quote. It had actually been a while since Medvedev threatened World War III. We were getting a little concerned. German defense manufacturer Rheinmetall announced further progress in its cooperation with Ukrainian state-owned defense industry group, previously Ukroboronprom, stating that a joint venture engaged in development, production, assembly, service, and maintenance of military vehicles will be based in Kyiv, focusing primarily on the maintenance and repair of vehicles delivered to Ukraine as aid. According to a press release put out by Rheinmetall, quote, Ukraine will benefit from comprehensive technology transfers, from the creation of defense technology capabilities at home, from additional local value added, and from the prompt delivery of military equipment from Germany. End quote. Some analysis. This and Thursday's announcement regarding a joint venture with General Dynamics and Ukrainian armored vehicles demonstrate that not only is Ukraine developing the industrial capability to repair advanced armored vehicles domestically, but also manufacturing for export 
and eventually jointly developing new vehicles tailored to Ukraine's needs. Remember, Ukraine has been a major designer and developer of both aircraft and armored vehicles since the Soviet era. Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shmuhal announced on September 30th that the Ukrainian government plans to spend roughly 1.5 billion U.S. dollars on weapons and materials production in 2024, an increase of 700 percent, explaining that, quote, we are launching new production facilities. We are expanding those that were producing results before the full-scale invasion. We are investing in new technologies and new developments. We are ready to help everyone who produces high-quality weapons for our army. End quote. At the DFNC-1, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky remarked on the incredible capabilities of Ukrainian defense development, noting that Ukraine is, in fact, creating the world's first fleet of naval drones capable of rendering the Russian Navy ineffective. Turkish company Baykar, the manufacturer of Bayraktar TB2 drones, is investing 100 million U.S. dollars into three facilities in Ukraine, including the new construction of a drone production plant that is expected to be completed in 2025. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our work on Substack. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobachenya.